0: but I do have a New Year's resolution show-specific, well, life life in general, but very show-specific as well, Uh, to be more positive. We're going to be more positive (laughs) in 2019. Welcome to Yak Sports, your Augusta County
1: sports podcast.
2: Welcome into another Yak Sports podcast. Your Augusta County Sports. I'm Lila McRae. Joe Deck was with me like normal. We're gonna get a, to a lot of high school basketball here in our interview with Patrick Height coming up. But first, let's talk about some of the other stuff going on. And hey, it's Super Bowl week. Everybody's talking Super Bowl. The teams are arriving down into uh, Atlanta. Uh, the Patriots are a favor favorite. Shocker, shocker. But uh, are you? Do you have the fever, Joe?
0: no um even though i knew this was going to be the super bowl at the beginning of the year and uh, rob so reminded me my quote from (laughs) two weeks ago you mean Ron? yeah uh (laughs) that it was that the matchup is delicious because i was right um yeah i just i don't feel it and part of it is because i'm tired of the patriots i think um and yeah it's a little bit of jealousy like they're a good team sure. Tom Brady, probably the best quarterback to ever play the game. Um, so let me tell you what I am sick about, though, is Tom Brady constantly being like, oh, no one expected us to be here. We're the underdog. Nobody respects us. Shut up. You've been to nine out of 18 Super Bowls. I don't think people don't respect you. Like, just give it up. This is the tired, most tired line used in sports. I appreciate when it's an actual underdog, but when it's the New England Patriots, you're not an underdog. You're the favorite. You are Goliath. You are the empire. You don't get to be the (laughs) rebel Alliance. Like you are the empire destroying everything in your path. (laughs) And the rest of the league is Alderaan, which you blew into tiny little space chunks. So don't tell me about, Oh, we're the plucky go getters from Boston mass. Like, no, you're not. You are the evil empire. You are the New York Yankees destroying everyone and everything that people love about this sport so don't just try to stop being you know the good guys you're the bad guys embrace the role say we're the bad guys we are that good and we're gonna stomp the rams because they are not good and they are a terrible pass interference call away from being out of this game
2: yeah i mean them as an underdog is a ridiculous even thought. Um, I guess if that's what motivates you, Tom, you know, good for you. You're not an underdog in anything in life. People have to go take a picture of your uh, combine picture to like have a bad thing to say about you. You've been great ever since then. You've been great in your personal life. He's stayed out of trouble off the field. And other than some cheating scandal stuff that gets debated pretty hard, everything's and good. So you, you nothing, you can't say anything bad about the guy. I just don't root for him. I never have. I never rooted for him. Not even the first time they went to the Super Bowl when everybody was rooting for the Patriots, because it was after 9-11. We mentioned this last week. I, I just wasn't there with them because I separated the two thoughts. So I've continued my not being a fan of them, and it's turned into a hatred because they've been so dominant. They're good. I'm not saying they're not good. They're probably win this game. Fine. I just am not gonna root for them. And now I had local people trying to, you know. Hey, well, if you root against the Patriots, that's like rooting against Riverheads. No, I'm I'm not a New England Patriot, so I can root for Riverheads, not root for the Patriots. I know Riverheads has been dominant too. I just look at them different. So I'll I just I'll be rooting for the Rams. I'll be cheering on the young coach, uh, McKay there. And like I did for the Eagles, like I – I mean, I guess I didn't for the Giants. I didn't root for the Giants. Those were years where I was more focused on my Super Bowl squares than anything else. But, yeah, I, I hope they lose, but they – there, it'll be a good game. Every time New England's in the Super Bowl, it's a good game. Even if someone gets out to a 20-point lead, they come back and win it. So I'm just hoping for a good, entertaining game and, and to enjoy the day.
0: I don't know how you could root for the Eagles.
2: I did. That is, no. I'm not an NFC East fan, though, and I'm not like a Skins fan or something, so it wasn't that hard for me to, like, just that root for the other team. That city is
0: pretty hard to root for.
2: That's fine. I. I did. That's that's where I was. Uh, we talked. We've been talking to announcers lately. Nance and Rome are on the call. So if you've kind of not paid attention to what Romo's doing with announcing, pay attention during the Super Bowl. He'll probably be pretty good. Um, I'm sure he won't be perfect because he's still a young broadcaster, but I think he does a good job. And I'm looking forward to him being a, a spotlight for it because he, he'll come prepared.
0: No, I would say mute it. But Jim Nance is going to be on the call. Jim Nance is really good. He's a professional. <laughs>
2: And Romo's not. Romo's doing a good job.
0: Uh Romo's gonna really bother me. I'm gonna text you about it.
2: I got a question. How much of the Pro Bowl did you watch?
0: I watched all of Zero plays.
2: I didn't even turn a TV on during the hours that it was on. I I the Pro Bowl is the most useless thing. I don't know anybody that admits to watching it, but it still gets a decent rating. I I don't understand. I think they pay people to turn their TVs people on. People are idiots.
0: Something. I don't know why you would watch the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl's bad. The I know Center was running the highlights at the end of the night last night, and I was watching those and they were like, oh, isn't this kind of cool? Like, look at these running backs, Barkley and Kamara that wanted to be pass rushers. And look at Jalen Ramsey, who's a corner and wanted to be a wide receiver. I'm like, no, this just proves that this game is dumb. Don't yeah, even play terrible. the game. You know what would make Pro Bowl week better is if they just had skill competitions. Just I mean, they do, have those. Yeah, but just do those. Just that. And then I mean, stop.
2: And feature it on Sunday afternoon, and you'll probably get a decent number. If people are watching that crap, they'll oh probably gosh. turn into those. You're not watching and like, football. They have player interviews and this and that. That's fine. Yeah, it's not football. It's not even a competition.
0: No, it's dumb. I, I hate it. I think the Pro Bowl is stupid. Um, I would be upset. I do like when
2: Sean Taylor dropped a punter, though. That was, that was epic.
0: Yeah. I don't Because that care. was a
2: real football play that happened. Yeah, but I don't care. It was- it's
0: the Pro Bowl. I've never really <laughs> cared about the Pro Bowl. I don't yeah. care about it now. I'll, I won't care about it next year, and I will never care about it. It's a dumb game.
2: Baseball is the only sport that really has a good all-star game.
0: Mm, no. Hockeys is better.
2: You know what? I don't even usually turn into hockey's, but I like baseballs. I like... I like the All Star Game. I sit there and watch it like I'm a eight year old still.
0: Yeah, the MLB All Star Game is right behind the NHL All Star Game for That's me, fine. but I could do without hey, the m- player. Maybe
2: I should try watching the NHL uh,
0: one. When does it happen? It's already over.
2: Yeah, see, they don't like you. Don't even know about. Well, hockey. if you, you don't, don't watch
0: NBC or NBC Sports Network, you're not going to know about it. See, I do because I watch Premier League, so I knew it was coming up.
2: That's again, soccer gets you're me stuck Let's on the mothership. On. <laughs> let's move on to a better sport uh, than hockey NCAA basketball where Virginia tech tech did drop a couple spots in the ranking to 12th. They had a bad, we, we were all on our podcast last week right after they got ho like just completely run by UNC, but they had a good Saturday beat a one loss in the ACC team, Syracuse handedly, which was nice to see. And they have a week ahead of them where they can, they should be able to get some wins. They play Miami on Wednesday and NC state on Saturday, NC State worries me. I mean, no, but, like, that's a measuring stick game. Like, you either are better than them or you're worse than them, and that's your chance, and you're playing there. I I mean, maybe we lose that game, but that tells us something. Um, But it's not a Duke, you know, that's not a top four team that we're playing, not even a top ten team we're playing. So I would say we we talk about where Virginia Tech is ranked, and I think I'm to the point where I don't care where we're ranked because I know we're not really a top ten team but maybe we do belong in the mid like 15, like somewhere around nope. that area, because like we, we took Eric Syracuse pretty good. And, and if we win against NC state, I think that solidifies that. I think we're capable of beating them. I watched NC state play a little bit. They're, and they had to fight for their lives to beat Clemson. And then maybe that was a bad day, but I, I think we could go do something.
0: Kind of like we fought for our lives against Georgia tech.
2: Yeah. I, I, okay. Fair enough. But like, again, NC state is what are they ranked They're They're in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, they're right behind us. I don't like us on the road. I don't think this is a good team. The win against Syracuse proved that we're not a total island of misfit toys because we can still win at the castle. We're just not deep.
2: We're not deep is our problem. We're not bad. We're just not deep.
0: Okay. You need to win at Miami. That needs to not be a close game. You need to trash Miami because they're bad. But you need to be able to win at NC State for me to believe that Virginia Tech is a top 15 team because right now I don't think so.
2: Okay, we're gonna do it. I'll, I'll talk to the boys. We'll get it done. I'll talk to Buzzy in the game and
0: see if I'm we can get another saying, miracle I, I, night I,
2: from Justin Robinson.
0: We talked about <laughs> this last week. I, you don't <laughs> lose by twenty points in both road games in the in conference, and me think, oh yeah, this is a top fifteen team.
2: I, I hear you, but no one around us has impressed me. Like no one else in that top, in from eleven to nineteen, has really impressed me. Kansas, I guess Kansas is right ahead of us, but. Uh, I just I don't know I haven't seen that much impressiveness out of the out of twelve to twenty to make me say that so I, maybe we don't belong around ten but I think around fifteen to twenty is probably where we truly lie I want to make the second weekend so I want to be a top sixteen team yeah that's, that's you, need my you need to be objective
0: you need to be objective I you haven't seen a top fifteen team so I'm, neither of us are gonna objective
2: say. about the next team where you're talking about UVA they're still ranked third and they have the same schedule this week we do it's just they go to nc state tuesday and then catch miami so it'll be interesting as far as our trash talk of how this sits um with uh we play the same teams this week i know uva rolled us a couple weeks ago but i'd like to maybe see how these games go between the two teams and see if that sheds a light maybe we play them better i'll say i'll give credit where credit is due and i said this point very clearly last week uva adjusted how they're playing and their added offense to their to their play. They've scored 80 points for the sixth time this season. That's more than they scored the last couple years combined over 80 points. So that that's a sign that maybe they're built a little differently to have a little more success in the tournament. But they're going to get through this week, and we'll talk about this next week. They play Duke and UNC next week, and that that's going to be a, a tough little test for them. So um, UVA has to do well this week to lead into a tough week against two top 10 teams
0: yeah what's interesting about the fact that we're going to play the same two teams other than uva is going to beat them by 15 plus and we'll be lucky if we win each game by 10
2: well the old we'll be lucky if we win both beat them by 15 plus the old uva would barely beat both of them because it would be 50 to 42 or something like that Okay, that's what i'm saying
0: this is not interesting in any shape way or form uva is better this year i'm not saying i'm not ready to say they're a final four team but Everybody else they're seems going, to and I They're going cold. to thrash NC State and Raleigh and they're going to pummel Miami and Charlottesville. We will be I, I just hope we win the Miami game by ten and I hope we win the NC State game, period.
2: I I don't know. I take a little bit of because I think we had we had a couple bad nights there, which good teams don't have <laughs> bad nights. Nights like that, like we've had, but I'd like to think maybe Syracuse gave us a little confidence and maybe we do better against those teams than you're saying. And I guess to me, it's interesting just when the weekends to see how we matched up against two teams that we played the same with them. It's, it's what I do. We I, live and die
0: I, by the three. It's easy to shoot the three ball when the crowd's friendly. It's not easy to shoot it when you're on the road and we have not shot well on the road. That's my concern. I've
2: seen a lot of Duke teams that win national championships, live and die by the three. Not saying that we're going to win I was going to say, only one of these things I'm not is saying.
0: McDonald's All-Americans, but yeah.
2: Well, back when they only used to have two McDonald's All-Americans on the team, they used to live and die by the three. It's two more I, than we have. But, okay. I, I don't think it is the worst approach to basketball with, given the roster that we have. We're missing a big guy that could give us a lot of help. We're missing two two guys with some size that could give us a lot of help it's it's what we are it's what our roster looks like this year i don't want that to be our how we build a team year after year but it's what we have this year it's what we got to do and I, I don't know i've seen us shoot decent on the road before we won at uva last year shooting shooting well on the road so
0: last year was I, last year
2: well heck, heck joe every and we talk about last year every podcast about uva i'm gonna talk about it in a good way for us i'm gonna take that <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean we we didn't get past the first round. I don't know what do you want me to say? Yeah,
2: we were an 8 seed then, but I don't know. I I'm more optimistic that maybe you we're building a little confidence after two bad games, two out of three bad games. So, look,
0: the Syracuse win's good, but I it, I'm just saying it hasn't changed my opinion about my concern with this team on the road. It's not a road game. I need to see them do it on the road.
2: Well, they got two road ones this week, mm-hmm. next week, hopefully the podcast with uh, a clip from the last 2 minutes of this podcast. Okay. And you're talking. <laughs> Let's go to football.
0: Yeah, um, speaking of great Virginia Tech news. Yeah,
2: this will be a pretty negative piece of our podcast cuz where I'm usually the optimistic one and saying, "Oh, it's not as bad as Joe saying." Man, it was a bad look last week when everybody was just jumping away from our program and and it it was big names. I know people keep saying, "Hey, there's, you know, play there's leave and go every year and this and that. But, I mean, it was big names leave, leaving for us. And the ones that bother me are uh, Deshaun McLeese, Eric Kuma, and Chris Cunningham. Kuma and Cunningham are the two guys that cut touchdown passes in our bowl game. We were expecting them to be senior leaders, maybe not breakout stars next year or, or you know, complete statistical leaders for us. But they were going to be, you know, a presence in the locker room and a guy, uh, older guys that can teach the younger guys. When, when I say that we're young, these are the kind of guys that can – Bring guys along. McLeese was a great running back. He was our best running back. Those three guys being gone really bothers me. And they left um, and didn't have to. They're doing the grad transfer. They're going to be immediately eligible somewhere else. And I guess they've adjusted that rule a little bit this year. And we can go more into that in a second. But I I just am not used to seeing this. People are trying to say, well, this was the transition that should have happened as soon as Fuente come in. It's just a couple years later because he did have a little success early I I still don't like it people need to be buying into your program guys that have been there multiple years need to be buying into your program and to see people jump and ship is bothersome
0: yeah oh it's bothersome I don't blame the kids uh I'm sorry why would McLeese stay McLeese McLeese is by far in a way the better running back on that team and Peebles is getting just as much if not more playing time so what land is Justin Fuente in, where he thinks, oh yeah, Stephen Peebles just as good as Deshaun McLeese. Probably the same land that ended up losing his running back last year to Colorado. His best running back this year played at Colorado. His best running back next year will be playing somewhere else too, because he can't keep talent on his team. Eric Kuma, who by the way, wide receiver coach is leaving. Who did, Eric Kuma was recruited by Justin Fuente. Guess who wasn't mentioned in his little farewell note? Justin Fuente. These kids don't like Justin Fuente. Justin Fuente is a problem. The only good news on this transfer list is Josh Jackson won't be back, which, thank goodness, because that kid is terrible. I can't wait to see what goofball program picks him up and misses a bowl game next year.
2: And Josh Jackson, I did leave, I mean, in a separate group in my mind, because, I mean, Trayvon Hill was obviously gone. He got kicked Had off the Had to be team, done. Had to be done. Josh Jackson, it, that wasn't as bothersome. When, you're, when a guy that was starting the last time he was able to play football Starting your football team leaves everybody's like, ooh and all, but he he was getting pushed out of the room. So like, I really don't have a problem with him leaving. Kind of solves a lot of the problems that you've hinted at ever since November, saying, "Hey, there's better talent on the roster. We need to see them given a chance." I'm not going to be happy if Josh Jackson's our quarterback next year. Well, he's now going to be off the team, so that kind of solves a problem. So I do put him in a separate category. But another thing that I kept hearing um, was, "Hey, other school." Are losing more grad transfers than us. Well, not many. Penn State having a rough time, losing nine. UCLA, eight. Rice, six. Arizona State, five. That's less than us. But that's not exactly a list that I like being on. Like, what have those teams done of great value in recent history? Penn State is the best of them, and they're they're coming off the big suspension thing. UCLA is terrible. Rice has football. Like, that's not a good. List to be on. I don't want to. That's not. I want to be on a list with, you know, top teams that are contending for a national title. I don't want to be on teams that are who's losing the most players. So that didn't really comfort me at all. I I just think overall all of this is a bad look. The Joss Jackson one is the only one I put an asterisk by, but the rest of it is I I it's making me agree with you about Fuente, and I don't
0: like it. Well, I again hate to say I was right, like I was about the Super Bowl, but I was right. Fuente is rubbing people the wrong way in the locker room. And when you go six and six, you don't really get to tell people my way or the highway because you're not good enough. Six and six just isn't good enough. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't walk in there and parade around the locker room like a peacock. If you're six and six and you're getting worse every year, you're there. And when you look at those kids in the face and say, Ryan Willis is our best player or Josh Jackson's our best quarterback. They're not stupid. They can see. They they have eyeballs. They know the game is being played. When, when you have wide receivers going out there having big games and you're sitting there like, and you're like, well, I wish they would practice harder. Well, I wish you would coach harder in the second half because you look like a freaking lost child out there. Your little sideline pep talks before the team goes in the locker room, yeah, those lose their luster when you get smacked in the mouth in the second half every week. You just look like a total bozo the clown and I'm I'm over it. I'm over McLeese being behind Peebles. If I was McLeese, I would have double birded him on the way out the door too, and said, "Forget you. You're a fool, and you you don't know double bird. You don't know anything <laughs> about football.
2: I mean, I like Peebles because because you know, I've covered a and... game that he that <laughs> Riverheads played, and I and saw his younger brother play and stuff. McLeese is better than him, no, no doubt. So I, I, I'm not even disagreeing with you about that. I guess the other thing I look at, too, is I'm not seeing a lot of, like, you look at other good teams and teams I respect, and it's like at max maybe three grad transfers going from any of those teams. Notre Dame jumps up there to, like, four, but you're getting a lot of talent at Notre Dame that's getting pushed out of the room. So I could probably start to understand why their number is at four. But this list for Virginia Tech, if we're doing what we should be doing, is two or three at max. And other ACC schools that, in all honesty, were probably around, they're at two. So it's just, it's a bad look. I don't like it. I don't like that the rule is a changing to where this is becoming a more popular thing. I, I its It seemed rare back in the day where kids would do this grad transfer. So I know Russell Wilson's a famous guy that did it, Greg Paulus did it from Bath going to football, and he went and played for Syracuse. But it was like here and there you'd hear about this. But, I mean, Russell now... Wilson
0: did it because Tom O'Brien was stupid and said, we're Russell- going to start yeah. Mike Glennon over yeah. you if you come back, which was insanely stupid. And the NC State AD should have fired him that second and said, no, Russell Wilson, we're firing Tom O'Brien so you can stay. Um, The, the concerning part for Virginia Tech is they've lost three starters. Cunningham, Kuma, McLeese. Those are three guys that start. They're gone. So they're not going to start for you. They're going to start for someone else. And your other worry has to be with Trayvon Hill where he ends up because there's two schools mentioned that are in the ACC, one of which is in your division. And if he goes to Miami, I get why you had to kick him off the team. But if he goes to Miami, he is going to absolutely carve, make beating you and dominating you his one goal in life.
2: Yeah, that would be terrible. I don't want to see that happen.
0: I just right. I don't know. I would have had more respect for Justin Fuente when he kicked Hill off the team if he had just come out and said from the beginning, look, he put his hands on his coach. We have a zero tolerance policy for that. OK, then it's out in the open. You've said your piece. The Roanoke Times had a really scathing article yeah. this weekend about that, saying there is no news coming out of Virginia Tech other than, oh, yeah, this is normal. No, it's not normal. And losing McLeese, Kuma and Cunningham is tragic to your team which every year when you lose and struggle is well we don't have any experience okay well you can't keep experience because the good players are tired of playing second fiddle to scrubs
2: yeah uh, yeah it's it's something that needs to be adjusted um i hope it does but it's making me more negative than i was before and that's not a play. I like sitting. Let's move on to baseball, where I'm going to have a complaint, but it's still a more positive topic. They announced the Hall of Fame class for this year. A lot okay. of good guys on it. I was really excited for Edgar Martinez. I just grew up being a big King for Junior fan. Uh, Edgar Martinez is a big part of those mid-90s Seattle Mariner teams. Um, you know, the DH doesn't get as many opportunities to get in the Hall of Fame. I thought Edgar was deserving. Really glad to see him go in.
0: Yeah, I think Edgar Martinez deserves it. He deserves He's one it. one of the
2: best best dj dhs ever so if they're letting any dhs in he deserves the end so I'm, I'm glad to see it
0: i think all four people that got voted in by the baseball writers of america deserved it um rivera yes holiday yes martinez yes and mucina yes the only thing that bothers me about mucina is he decided to not go in as any with any cap which i think is lame um i don't know
2: that is lame I didn't hear that, but that I guess if you would have picked
0: the Yankees, that might have made me angrier, but why (laughs) why not just go in as an Oriole? I mean, you're loved by that fan base still a little bit. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. It There is part of me that will never forgive him for going to the Yankees, but if he would have gone into the hall as an Oriole, that would have been cool. And, you know, whatever. Uh, Harold Baines, though, how? How is he in the Hall of Fame? He
2: just got a bunch of stats for playing for a long time. Yeah. It, you know it is what just tells
0: me? The Veterans Committee shouldn't be putting people in the Hall of Fame.
2: I mean, Lee Smith I don't have as a big problem with. I mean, he was like,
0: – I don't have a big problem with it, top but if the Veterans Committee – for a while. If the Veterans Committee is going to put people like Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame, then don't let them put people in the Hall of Fame because they don't know what they're doing.
2: I mean, that's probably a fair point, but I, the one thing I thought was really interesting here in a lot of the coverage on this, and we'll get to – the one aspect of this in a second, but that the voting for hall of fame is continually getting younger. And, you know, every year you can, they can kind of see that it's getting younger. Like <laughs> the bad way of saying it, it's the old guys are dying out. I think that's really accurate. is So it's, that's why it's kind of sad to say it sure that way, but the writers are getting younger. So it's kind of adjusting the vote there. And, and that's why they did get a guy get a hundred percent this time. But I think it'll be interesting to see they've, they said they've already seen it kind of plateau for the steroids players. You'd think the younger writers would forgive the steroid users, the known steroid users, um, a little bit uh, more. But they said it's kind of plateaued these last three years to where they, they're they not sure those guys will get in in that 10-year cycle like they need to. Um, but I do think it'll be interesting as it gets down the stretch for Bonds and Clemens and uh, – I mean, those – I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm starting to adjust on – how I feel about the whole steroids. And that's probably a podcast for another day, but it, it is kind of weird. There's be a hall of fame that don't have like two guys that were like the best of their position for, for a long period of time. It's just, how do you deal with that? Cause it, it should be acknowledged that they took. So I don't know. It's probably a, a topic we're going to
0: disagree day. on that, but yeah, I, I don't just, think they should be in. So
2: I, I don't think they should be in just the same. I, I, I don't, I mean, like, but I, I do wonder how you handle, like, how do you, to handle that. And maybe I need to go to the Hall of Fame to see what they ha- have handled with their, you I mean, you have home run balls in there. You have, you know, you, you got to mention the moment when Bonds hit 73. There's, I've heard there's acknowledgement of that. So I just, I don't know. I guess I need to see that to understand and have a better opinion. But it is weird. The big stars of my childhood, not not even being close to getting in. But let's talk about the percentage. Mariano Rivera gets 100% of the vote the first baseball player ever to get hundred percent of the hall of fame vote. And I think I immediately sent you a list of people that should have.
0: Yeah, I guess I just don't care about the percentage. Like I don't think people that are in the hall of fame care if they got hundred percent or 75%. I think they're just glad to be in the hall of fame. Um, so it doesn't really bum me out either way. Uh, I'm okay.
2: It just, I guess it bothers me because a couple years Ago when it was Ken Griffey Jr. and he he got three votes shy of 100% and that was the highest percentage of all time in my mind, Ken Griffey Jr. was a more deserving player of the unanimous than Rivera but then we could also go to Babe Ruth who is on down the list at 95% and I would say that's one that should have been 100%. Anybody hemming up looking through the list should have been I don't know how you vote on Hall of Fame and don't include these guys on your ballot the first year and I'm I mean, just quickly, Tom Seaver, Nolan Ryan, Cal Ripken Jr., Ty Cobb, Brett, uh, George Brett, Hank Aaron, Tony Gwynn, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox. It's just, it's tough to put that through your head. But congratulations to Rivera. I, I hate the Yankees, but, yeah, he was deserving of getting a lot. But, I mean, he's a closing pitcher too. People used to talk about closers not getting respect and Eckersley kind of uh, busting in there and breaking it up. So it, it's shown a lot of respect for the closing position in a short period of time.
0: Yeah, hey, he's he was the best closer of all time, so it's it's fine. He's in the Hall of Fame, uh, deservedly so. On a first ballot, uh, Roy Holiday making it on the first ballot maybe surprised me, but you know I think he's a Hall of Famer, so that's fine.
2: Well, I think it. I I think it probably
0: because he passed away. I, well, think, I think I think that, think that plays a factor, right and and that, I so but, I'm not
2: gonna I'm not even gonna have a problem with it.
0: You might be right I, about that, but. That's fine that he's in. I don't have a. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. That's fine. I I don't care what ballot they go in as long as they the right ones get in eventually. Um, and if you, and Musina sorry. getting in is is great because I think Musina is a Hall of Famer. I think Mike Musina is dominant. I know you and I both listen to Tony Kornheiser and Tony Kornheiser goes, I don't know if he was an ace on any staff. I don't know what Oriole pitcher he thought was better than Mike Musina there at the end of his time in Baltimore. But he, he was is, just from the Yankees. Yeah. Well, I ninety five. Bias there, but um, yeah, look, I guess, doesn't look, I, better I, better guess better. I I just can't <laughs> I, look celebrate the guys that are in. They deserved it, but I I keep coming back to Harold Baines, and I'm just is the Veterans Committee going to put Fred McGriff in because he's better than Harold Baines? Is the is the veteran Committee going to put Lance Berkman in because he's better than Harold Baines? Miguel Tejada is similar to Harold Baines. Are we going to start throwing in? A bunch of goofballs. I mean, You haven't we... named
2: one guy that I would just default say should go in. Yeah, I, so, what are yeah, we doing?
0: What are we doing? Do we need the veterans committee? No, we don't. Don't let them vote. People in. They don't. They shouldn't. They, they've proven this year they have no earthly idea what they're doing.
2: I want other examples of of guys they put in that make no sense before I rip away their. Ability. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. Thank you. Like the fans, assignment, like assignment, the fans, write it down.
0: like the fans. You had one <laughs> chance and you blew it. You no longer get to vote.
2: I will say, and we don't have to jump into Roy Halliday again, but I listened to a lot of Mike and Mike over the years, and Buster only would come on every week with uh, trivia, and Roy Halliday was like the answer every time. It was a pitching question. It was like he just he he was more dominant than we give him credit for. I may still agree with your first ballot comment, but he was easily a Hall of Famer. So. Um, I'm glad his family will have that moment for, for him this
0: summer. So, okay. Uh, hold the phone. Roy Halladay was, let's look at today's game era ballot. Okay. This is what they voted on this year. Are
2: we arguing about Roy Halliday right now?
0: No, we're going to argue that Harold okay, Baines, <laughs> Harold Baines should have been disqualified because he might be the worst player on this list. Um, <laughs> okay, Albert Bell was another option. Joe, hey,
2: his biceps core.
0: Joe Carter, Will Clark.
2: Joe Carter had a Joe Carter had a really good moment. Will Clark, Will Clark was really solid. It, uh, Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser for the Baseball Hall of Fame to be like the Basketball Hall of Fame, where it includes all of your basketball career, because Will Clark was a dominant college player.
0: Will Oral Hershiser.
2: <laughs>
0: Davey Johnson, Charlie Manuel, Lou Pinella deserves to be in. Hands. Dale will
2: get in sometime here, won't he? Yeah,
0: why wasn't he in now? George Steinbrenner, I hate the man, but he He's should be in. in Zen, oh, yeah. my goodness. Harold Baines, what are we talking about? Harold Baines, go home. Harold Baines should honor the MLB Hall of Fame by saying, I deny my induction. I don't deserve it. Now, he won't. And I got to be honest, if I was in his shoes, I probably wouldn't either. Heck but no! <laughs> but I can take you the word pulled probably up Cooperstown out. Every
2: summer. He's probably getting a family vacation on a lake.
0: Oh, <laughs> it is so <laughs> gross. What are they thinking?
2: I'm not as... I think where I'm fired up about the 100%, you're fired up about, about uh, Harold Baines getting in. So the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I always get interested in the baseball Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame I pay closest attention to. The NFL Hall of Fame seems to take care of itself pretty easily. Basketball gets confusing because it, it does cycle, but, you know, it's it's not cycle, but it, it's a the whole, total game of basketball. It's not just NBA. But I think I, I enjoy the basketball – or, the excuse me, the Baseball Hall of Fame is the only ceremony I ever watch a moment of. So.
0: Well, okay, so while you were talking, I looked some of this up, and it appears – that the reason they have done these veterans committees is because there was that streak for two years in a row where they didn't elect anyone. The Baseball Writers of America, nobody got 75%. So they decided to create this so someone's getting inducted every year. Um, I guess my problem is MLB, the MLB Hall of Fame, unlike any other Hall of Fame, is like the elites, right? So if you have two years in a row where no one gets elected, then just... It's two years in a row that no one got elected. What's why are you trying to belittle your Hall of Fame by watering it down? Baseball, like the All Star game that you mentioned, in your eyes, it's the it's the same way with a lot of people. The Hall of Fame is above any other Hall of Fame. Why are you trying to water it down by saying? What's the answer? Because they're dumb. But okay, go ahead. Because of
2: money, 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 money people dumb but it's money they want to have their ceremony every summer they want to pull all those people into cooperstown every summer yeah. they want their hall of fame to be visited by that large group of people every summer and they want the town putting pressure on them hey we haven't had that tourist money for two years from that big weekend I a lot mean, of harold baines fans money
0: huh? money a lot of Why harold baines pro- fans
2: full happen money
0: i bet harold baines draws two people
2: if he was the only person to go into the hall. Him and his wife. He, he would be. But they would still have the ceremony and they'd still bring people in. I, I Maybe they should just have that like in case. No one got elected? All right, we'll take whoever the Veterans Committee said they wanted in. But don't use it unless you have to. But I don't mind Lee Smith getting in. That's the problem. Tell me another guy that they put in that didn't deserve to be in.
0: I don't know. All of them.
2: I want it. I want it by baseball season.
0: (laughs) You'll get it before then. You'll probably get it next week.
2: Sounds good. Well, let's get out of here. Let's talk to Patrick, and uh, we'll be back with more of the Yak Sports Podcast. All right, time for our interview for this uh, episode, and we got Patrick Height of the Daily News Leader with us to talk all things basketball. So, Patrick, thanks for coming on with us.
1: Hey, guys, thanks for
2: having me. I finally was able to catch some high school basketball. Uh, I got some girls action in tonight, and then I'm I'm aiming to call the game Friday with Joe. I think we're calling Fort Defiance, bro. But uh, Patrick, it's been a couple of weeks since we had you on. Kind of update us on how everything's looking, and and particularly our local teams where they're sitting.
1: Do you want to start on the girls' side then? Um, yeah,
2: start the girls. Sounds great. Ladies uh, first.
1: Yeah, that's um. You had you had brought up. You, you got a chance to see uh, see Fort Defiance. Um, yeah, that has been one one strange team. They they got a lot of talent on that team. And they have played some really good ball at times. I caught them over at the uh, play for premis tournament in Crozet against Louise. Uh, and, and their second half, they were, they were almost perfect. I mean, their freshman, uh, Kiersem Ransom was, was on fire. Uh, uh, Cur- she's good. Really- she, I, yeah. I was impressed with her. Yeah. She's, she's really good. I mean, she's only a freshman. She's only going to get better. And she's very knowledgeable of the game to talk to her after a game. She doesn't. Sound like a freshman. She knows her basketball, so I I think she's a player that you really want to watch out for down the road. They've got some other parts around her too that are pretty good, but they're they've just been a strange team. I mean, they're they're second in the the Valley District just because I think the Valley District girls basketball this year is really weak. You've got Spotswood, and then there's kind of everybody else, but but Fort is the best of everybody else at at this point in that district. But out of district. Dropped some games that are just that, that leave you just scratching your head and and then wondering how they did it. So, you know, I, I think forty is one of those teams that'll probably make the uh, the, the postseason uh, just because they're in the, in that district. Uh, they're they're pretty good, and then they'll they'll probably flame out pretty quickly in <laughs> in the uh, postseason. How's Waynesboro looking in the valley? Yeah, you know, Waynesboro's not not playing well. Way, Waynesboro's got some talent in that that. Team, at least a, a couple of uh, players um, in uh, Dania Jones and Madison Payne who can really light it up. Uh, but overall, they're they're really not uh, not having a great season right now. Uh, they're only two and eight in in uh, Valley District play. Uh, mm. They've had you know they've had some games that uh, just kind of got away from them um, at the end. Uh, they lost a four point game uh, last week to, to Broadway, which they could have won on and, and didn't pull it out and then they turn around and, and beat lehigh um out of the Shenandoah district obviously by two um and then they dropped one to, to turner ashby uh by double by double digits which is, is kind of strange because i just uh, before we started recording i got a text that turner ashby lost to Stuart hall uh t- tonight so uh, and if that if you want to know the state of of the valley district girls basketball that's that's really all you got to know right there is that, that turner ashby uh cannot beat Stuart Hall this year. And, and Turner Ashby for, for years was one of the, uh, the top 10 yeah. in that district. So, so it's really, is a down year for, uh, for Valley district uh, girls basketball. And, and even on the boy side uh, for Valley, for our local teams, Fort defiance and Waynesboro, it's been a uh, been a rough season Fort defiance. Finally got their first win of the year last week against Turner Ashby. Uh, they got a three point win, uh, but they are one in 17 this year. And, and they played a, uh, uh, they they played Riverheads Monday night. I, I actually did not see a final score on that yet, but um, but four defiances that the boys team has really struggled. Uh, um, and and Waynesboro has has been good at times. Uh, they, beat, they beat Western Albemarle here a couple of weeks ago, which really surprised me. But uh, it's been really an up and down season for them. They're they're ninety nine overall. Um, they're just a couple games under five hundred in the district. So uh, so Waynesboro's pretty good if if they can you know if they can make a run in the tournament. Maybe, maybe get to postseason. I think that's a possibility, but I, again, I don't see anybody in the Valley District, boys or girls, going going very far this year.
2: Yeah, and I I, I was at the Riverheads game tonight, uh, so jumping over to the Shenandoah a little bit. I heard the Riverheads boys were beating Fort uh, handedly when uh, we just got a scoring update there from Jeff Wright, and uh, I talked with Jeff a little bit. We'll talk about that later, uh, but uh, we had uh, also the girls did very well against Fort giants uh the riverheads girls so their riverheads girls are sitting I know kind of fourth uh but kind of at the bottom of a group of teams there in the Shenandoah district I guess they'll have as um you know fourteen wins on the season that doesn't help their district schedule but Riverheads is sitting atop one uh, B so going to regionals it looks like they're gonna be sitting in a good spot.
1: Yeah that's that's a great thing about, about uh, Riverheads for, for both the boys and the girls teams is that they go through this Shenandoah District schedule, and they are really prepared when regionals roll around. And that Riverhead girls team, um, I, I've been really impressed by them. I've seen them several times this year. Um, they've got some talent on that team. They, they play really well. You know, I, I, Gene Wasik says the same thing to me after every game. He says, you know, I ask him about a, a whoever, whoever might have a really good game that night. I ask him about that player. And he's like, we all have our roles. We, each player has their own role, and this is this player's role, and this is this player's role. Of course, Sarah Moore's role is to score, and she does that really well. She may be the uh, the leader right now as far as uh, as girls' player of the year in uh, in Augusta County. She's she's really playing well. Yeah, but I I think that Riverheads team could could go a long long way. Um, and if you remember that girls' team last year, they uh, they came up just short of making the states. Uh, they they lost to um, to Stonewall Jackson in a close game up at Stonewall Jackson. I think this year, you know, Riverheads, That should be a problem. This year, yeah. No, it should not be a problem. And I think Riverheads <laughs> could could make the uh, could make the state tournament uh, this year. So.
2: Great. The other teams and the and the girls and the Shenandoah, you know, East Rock's always there. Paige is strong this year and then Draft uh strong again. That's kind of that top group. Uh how far do you think Draft's going to be able to do?
1: <laughs> draft I, I really like Draft. They they surprised me a few a few losses that uh, that kind of surprised me this year, but but let's look at, you know, if if you say East Rock is the the top team in that district and, and as you mentioned page is right there but but east rock has the history and east rock right now is is at the t- is sitting on on top of that district of every sport <laughs> yeah of every sport. east rock just dominates everything these days um which is bad for us uh, that cover augusta county sports but um stewart's draft has split with them they they beat them in draft uh, by four and then they went to elton and lost by four up there so they've really Given uh, given East Rock uh, everything they could handle, um, they beat Paige uh, sixty six to forty eight um, uh, at at one point. But they also oh so, uh, they also lost to page earlier in the season back in early December. So Stewart's draft is is a team that I really like. McKinley Fitzgerald is a sophomore on that team. Who I really like she's she's a, a, a very good player. Then their point guard Lindsay Harris, um, I, I think she's uh, fantastic. Her defense has really impressed me. Um, I like. I like this team. I saw them um over uh in, in Crozet at that same tournament where I saw Fort Defiance and they played the host Western Albemarle, who is a, a class three team, usually always a very good class three team. They took them to overtime and just had a scoring drought in overtime and ended up losing that game. But they, they played Western very tough. So I I think this Stewart's draft team, if they could can kind of put it together and, and get a little more a little more consistent, I think they can make a, a bit of a run. And then uh, when regionals roll around.
2: And I hadn't really paid, I guess, close enough attention this year. I was just surprised to see Wilson down there around 500 and then Buffalo Gap really, really struggling this year. I mean, those are two teams that they have been the best girls basketball teams in the area for the last multiple years. I was really surprised to see the
1: drop off. Well, the thing is, both teams lost a lot of talent. Uh, First, Buffalo Gap, uh, they they lost pretty much everybody that had Help them get to that uh, state uh, semif- or state championship game last year. Um, except for Amaya Lucas, she was a freshman. She was a big contributor on that team last year. She's, and, and that's not to take away anything from any of the other players, but really, it's Amaya Lucas and everyone else on that team this year. And it's just that's asking too much of a sophomore yeah. to carry your entire team. Um, and I
2: think but, I think they're better off without assistant coach Rob Stenzel. I think they're much better off.
1: <laughs> so, so you think he? He might be uh, dragging, dragging – he was dragging them down. That's the
2: reason they have five wins is his absence. You know, they would be over <laughs> with him still. So.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to say anything bad about Rob because I don't want to get on his bad side. Um, Joe but, calls him you know, rolling, that, so. th- that Buffalo Gap team, think about uh, – they've, they've lost now three – eight in a row. Okay, but only one of those was double digits. I mean, they've got a seven-point loss, a four-point loss – Six point loss, um, a, a two point loss, a one point loss, uh, and like a five point loss in in that stretch. So they're they're right there. They just can't get over the hump. And I, you know, it, it's, it's been a long season for Buffalo Gap. With those, you know, being close like that, they could they could pull an upset in in the Shenandoah District tournament. But I, I really don't think you would expect that to, to happen. But they've certainly got. So, you know, enough talent that they could could pull off an upset. And, and Wilson, they lost three big seniors from last year. They've only got – they have no seniors this year. They have two, two juniors. Everybody else, sophomores and freshmen on that team. They've got some great uh, players in, in Corinne Baska and Paris Hutchinson, Madison Flint, uh, uh, Leanna Rankin is their point guard. That's a They're a good team. They aren't – on nights you think that nobody could beat them. And then the other nights, you you just wonder if they can make if they can ever get the ball to go back in the basket. So they've just been really up and down this year. Um, I, I, again, there's, there's a team. Once the tournament rolls around, they could beat anybody, but they uh, they've just been they've just been really up and down this year. I I personally like you know of, of the Augusta County teams. I, I just really like I really like that Stuarts draft team and the way they're put together. And Brad DeWitt, his first year coaching that team, he's done. A, he was an assistant coach, and then James Carter stepped away, and and Brad got the head coaching job, and he's done a fantastic job with that Cougar team.
0: And Patrick, moving over to the guys' side of things now, uh, in the Shenandoah district, East Rock far and away the best team in the district. I know they just lost to Spotswood, but they're sixteen and two overall, thirteen and zero in the district, and I don't see them losing a district game.
1: No, no, no. Nobody has been close to them in, in the district. I mean, there's not been a close game so. This, the, the, the Shenandoah District boys' race for second is the most fun that we're going to have over the next uh, week and a half or whatever. Right? I mean, East Rock's already last the field. They're, they're going to win the tournament. They're a, they're a legitimate contender for a state championship this year. If you have not seen them play, go watch East Rock play. They're a fun team. But right now, second through fifth in that district, separated by two games, I believe. You've got You've got Stewart's draft and Wilson sitting right now Tad for second. Uh, then you've got uh, Lee and Riverheads just slightly back of there, and then Page County sitting at seven and six, just a, just a couple of games back. Um, they've all got at least three games left, So, and, and Tuesday night is going to be the big night for them because Stewart's Draft host Wilson, and you've got Lee I hosting Riverheads. Uh, that's that's going to go. It's not going to settle the, the race for second, but it's certainly going to have a, a big impact depending on what happens Tuesday night.
0: Sure, and you know you just mentioned the big game between. You just mentioned the big game between Draft and Wilson. The winner of that yep. obviously in the driver's seat. But you mentioned Ari Lee too. Ari Lee sitting at fourth. They could finish anywhere from third to sixth, um, just because of how jumbled yeah. up that is.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're right. And and the the, the two, if you look at the schedule, the, the disadvantage for for Wilson is first of all they have to go to East Rock. That's one of their last, yeah. one of their three games. So so chalk one at least one more loss for Wilson uh, and then they're on the road at draft on Tuesday night so really the schedule not in Wilson's favor right now
0: it and makes Lehigh, them have to
1: beat draft I mean that's really yeah, what it yeah. says yeah they have to beat draft now they've got Buffalo Gap to finish the uh the season the regular season out so they should win that game although Buffalo Gap's certainly not a not a, a, a an easy win they've they've had a good season but you would think Wilson should win that game so yeah they have to beat draft uh and then hope that everything kind of Kind of works out in their favor. Draft on the other hand is got Wilson at home, Laree at home, and then they're at Lee. And you mentioned Lee; they've got five games left. First of all, so that does not play to their advantage. Somehow, they they their schedule is is heavy at the uh, at the end. Uh, they've they've got Riverheads. Uh, then they're at Fort Defiance and at Page, which is never easy to go to Page County and play. Then they've got Waynesboro, which is one of those rivalry games. And then they finished with Stewart's draft. So that is not an easy schedule for Lee. Um, and, and I've seen them play this year several times, and I'm still not sure what to make of, of that team. Uh, but right now, I think as far as schedule goes and as far as the way they're playing, I, I like Stewart's draft in that district to finish, uh, to finish second.
0: Yeah, I... That's interesting. Um, I think I haven't seen draft yet this year. I have seen Wilson, but I watched Lee play Wilson. And I watched Lee this weekend at Martins uh, at at Lexington playing Martinsville. And Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I don't know what to make of them. They're not a bad team, but they're not a good team right now. I think some of that is just the lack of experience at the varsity level they have. But the other thing I've noticed is they just don't have that one key player that they've had the last couple of years that they can rely on. When they need points, they go to that guy and get those points.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, um, you know, Javon Battle has—he can be that guy, and he has been that guy at points this year. But all the way, early in the season, December, um, I, you know, I kept hearing the Lee fans saying, "Just give this team time. They're young. They'll come together. Wait to the end of the season." And here we are now, late in January, and they still have not really come together. They're still a very inconsistent team. Um, I, Again, they're a team that they could surprise somebody in the in the district, but but I really, right now, I, I like Stewart's draft and Wilson, and even Riverheads better than than Lee. Uh, Riverheads, I, I thought they were playing really well, and then they went and lost to Laree on Saturday. Yeah, every, so I'm not sure what sure what to make of that game.
2: It's like the whole top half of the district <laughs> lost at the end of last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just that was very a very because Wilson, Wilson lost. lost the page. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and and but that the Riverhead's loss was really strange because Lorray, that was their first win. Um and and you know, you could say it was a an early game. It was it, it was at uh that Rock the Ribbon down in Lexington. Yeah. So so it was strange, you know, and and I know teams don't like have to to go and play on an early game on a Saturday. So there there are there are reasons that maybe that uh that happened. But you know Riverheads that game tomorrow night on Tuesday night at lee that's gonna be that's gonna be huge if they can they can come away with a win there and again the, the one thing about riverheads they want to do well in the district obviously but they're concentrating on region 1b and right now they're set up set up well in region 1b i, I think they they could be a, a force there yeah, yeah they're like
2: sitting through or fourth and a couple wins down the stretch might even get them up a spot or
1: two so yeah yeah. so that'll that'll be uh it'll be a fun uh fun here another week and a half to see the, how these teams, uh, how these teams do? Uh, I think I think it was you, Joe, that said you hadn't seen Stuart's draft this year. Hey, if you've seen them at some point over the last right. six <laughs> or seven years, then that's that's it. You've seen Stuarts draft this year. That's they're doing the same thing they have done uh, ever since uh, Mike Gale to put that Grinnell system in. Uh, they they rely on three pointers. They rely on turnovers.
2: It can cause problems in tournaments when you get these teams that aren't you. To see in Stewart's draft, it, they they've done that. How many years there early
1: in them running that system? They they made runs every postseason, catching teams off guard. Yeah, because you know the the Shenandoah District teams are, are used to it, and, and some have kind of figured out ways to to neutralize that. But when you get into to regional play and, and you're playing somebody that that hasn't had time to prepare for them, hasn't had time to watch a lot of film, then yeah, that that can cause a lot of problems. Um, and and so I you know this year Stewart's draft. Could could make a bit of a run. I, I like the the way this team has come together uh, late in the season. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the game against Wilson on Tuesday. I, that should be a that should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think it will be a great game. And you mentioned Riverheads. I agree with you. I think they're going to have a great run. Um, I know you didn't make it to the Lee Martinsville game for the Rock the Ribbon. I do want to before we let you go. I do want to mention you wrote a great article this uh, week about the shot clock, which as Leland knows, is very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Um, were,
2: were you mentioned in that or something, Joe?
0: I was a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but I, I let I me tell you, little, Perry McClure. Me so
2: often that I, I had to share the wealth with you. Perry McClure, <laughs>
0: Perry McClure, and Martinsville are poster kids for why we need a shot clock. Martinsville was stallballing so bad they had a kid standing in the corner at half court and actually got called for backcourt because Battle came out of the three point line <laughs> and he took a step back across the half court line. And I did. I, you know, I said on air, I was like, well, that's what you get for playing stallball. I mean, they're holding on to the ball for 45 seconds before they even look remotely interested in moving toward the basket.
1: Yeah, I, you know, and and I, I talk to a lot of people, coaches, and, and uh, officials and uh, fans, and most of everybody I talk to would like to see a shot clock in Virginia. And yet, most everybody I talk to does not see it happening anytime in the near future. The the AHSL's official stance is, we've never discussed it. Uh, it's got to come up for, you know, membership has to bring it up before us, and they have not done so. And all the coaches I talk to say, hey, you know, we'd, we'd love to see it, but it's not going to happen. Administration thinks it's too costly, and we're just not going to see it. So, I it, you know, I, I don't think Virginia is anywhere close to actually adding a shot clock. But most people I talk to think it should happen at some point.
0: Well, we'll see. I, the Virginia is involved in that NFHS, which is the National Federation of High School Sports, and they're talking about it there. So I think it'll happen there, and then the VHSL will have to react. But
1: uh, I hope you're. I hope you're right. That would be. Uh, that would be fun to uh, to see.
0: But before we let you go, last question: Are you binge watching anything? What's What's been good?
1: Well, um, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about it or not, but um, I am, so so I'm a huge West Wing, yes, fan. Such a good and show. And so every, so I've made I've, I've watched it now through uh, five times maybe, and I finished it season through season seven in November for for like I said maybe my fifth time, and I told my wife, okay, I'm going to try to watch some other stuff. I'm going to stay away from West Wing, and it was a couple of weeks later. I said I can't. I can't stay away from West Wing. <laughs> so I started watching it again. So I'm already working my way through that show again. It is absolutely a, my favorite television show ever. I am addicted to West Wing, and so yes, right now I am binge watching West Wing for maybe the uh, the sixth time through. Not a bad I, show. They are good. Uh, have you tried Newsroom? You know what? I did watch Newsroom. Um, honestly, is that available? Any because HBO. Cause been was. I watched the you first season of that, and I loved it. <laughs> and then I somehow stopped watching it or did not watch. Uh, I, I didn't pick it up the, the next season. And so, yeah, I have no idea what happened on that show, and I've, I've never been able to, to find it again. Um, but, yeah, I, I did like, I did enjoy. I, I love everything Aaron Sorkin. I, yeah, I mean, really, last night uh, I watched uh, a few good men and was on, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, I think Sorkin is just just amazing. Yep. Sports Night. Sports Night was awesome. One of the <laughs> most underrated shows ever. That that was just an amazing show as well. But but West Wing. There's just nothing. My my ringtone on my phone is the theme song for West Wing. I <laughs> just absolutely love that show.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Patrick, for joining us again. We really appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll have you on when it gets close to tournament time.
1: Hey guys. Thanks as always.
2: Time for the D-block, Joe. What is dominating your life?
0: Let's see. Let me go back. What is dominating my life? True Detective. Um, it's a great show. Uh, season three came out not too long ago. I've just finally had time to start watching it. i have actually in the middle of episode four right now. I stopped so we can record this, and then I'll go back and finish it. But Well, thank you. It's a really good show. The acting is phenomenal. There's actually quite a few actors that I you know have recognized from other stuff which is cool for me um but i think I'm happy for you yeah um you know <laughs> look i'm not going to lie if you're looking for a you know feel good show this isn't it but um if you're looking for gripping television with cool music this is it um true detective is phenomenal season 1 was great yeah. i didn't hate season 2 as much as everybody else did apparently um, it wasn't as good as season one, don't get me wrong, but I didn't think it was the worst thing on television. Season three is right up there with season one. And it's, it's you know, the executive producers are McConaughey and Woody Harrelson who were the stars in season one, so that's not surprising. But yeah, season three is really Yeah, good.
2: They, they have a standard and they're getting to it. That's good. I, that's on my list. That's honestly on our uh, possibly to watch soon Uh List if we don't get West Wayne in first, uh, like we were talking about there. True Detective is probably going to be coming up quick. Uh, Marshall Ali, he's really good. He, he won, um, he was in the best picture there a couple of years ago with Moonlight and stuff. He was in, we saw it a couple weeks ago, The Green Book. Um, uh, so yeah, I've uh, seen it. Yeah, very good movie. Um, I, I don't know if it's the best movie i ever seen, but it's a very good movie. Um, but he was great in that. And so I, that's why it kind of makes me want to watch True Detective because I heard he's great. So uh, it's on my list.
0: All right. What's dominating your life?
2: What's dominating my life is uh, my youngest, seven month old. Uh, he was invited. We, we uh, asked to be, and then we were invited to go to the crawling competition at JMU for the Virginia 529. Now, the fun thing about this is my middle child won the event three years ago. She just went straight down the court, dominated everybody. It, it was such a bad domination. I couldn't really celebrate because it would have just been, it would have. It had been looking bad. Uh, So I was proud of my daughter. We held her up. We got to hold the big check, $529 towards her college education. Awesome. Well, my youngest was in it this week, and I guess we just established only one of my kids gets to go to college because he didn't win. He was first out of the blocks. He was really good. But then he just went to the right and kind of blocked another kid for a second. And I moved over, and it kind of just came back to me. I really, I said he was like a defensive end. He's not a running back. He's a defensive end. He's just – crashed that line of scrimmage, came right down, uh, did a good job there, but he didn't hit the hole like a good running back. Uh, the kid that did win, a uh, little red-haired little baby, cute little thing, and her dad was holding Cheetos at the finish line. Well, that seems uh,
0: like cheating.
2: No, you were allowed to have uh, objects of... Uh, of. Uh, we, we had a TV remote and a, this other little toy. Uh, it was a little Elmo doll when my daughter did win. So that's that's part of the game. That's That's what... Oh, within the rules, uh, okay. but he had Cheetos, and like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge that the baby was really interested in the Cheetos. My my boy likes every food that we have in our hands, and also we brought a TV remote as one of the things. So maybe it says more about America than than us than anything. But it was a fun time, and uh, we were looking forward to it, uh, and it was fun. It's fun that the Virginia Five Two Nine does that. They do that at all the uh, big uh, universities in the state, and uh, we've we've been a part of it twice. It's it's a cool thing.
0: You said that was this weekend.
2: Yeah, it was Sunday. We were at the girls' game where the JMU women rocked Elon, and Elon's not far removed from winning that conference. I thought they won it like last year, but forty-eight to eight at halftime, it was an absolute domination. And uh, JMU got above eighty, so they got free nuggets in the end. So oh. it was overall a good, a good day in here. Yeah,
0: smart. everybody wins. Um, t- JMU this weekend. I forgot to mention this on the podcast last week, but they need to be doing more of this. They did four games in four days, I think it was 25 bucks and a parking pass, uh, a brilliant move by the JMU ticket department. Uh, I don't often say that because I think, and I don't envy their job during football season when they have to look at people and be like, Hey, do you want to go watch these games? No. Um, but <laughs> you know, four games in four days for 25 bucks and a parking pass is a great deal. Uh, and the parking and,
2: pass is huge up there uh, like yeah, the because looking, yeah, because otherwise you're looking at public
0: general parking you're out at festival or yeah as you said you know a mile away from the arena the excellent. and you walk by uh you know hundreds of empty parking spots going huh wonder who these are reserved for I guess yeah. in case the president decides to show up his entire motorcade will be able to park here but um and they'll be able to land Air Force one and not have a problem <laughs> of hitting any cars but <laughs> I, a really good move to sell those tickets and do the parking pass and Look, let's be honest. the men's team they need to be trying to give those tickets away. uh, they are not good. They're not going to be good anytime soon. uh, they are the bottom of a one bid <laughs> league, and that's putting it nicely. uh, the girls team is having you know a rough stretch for the girls. the people are used to Kenny Brooks winning that conference and being a team that's constantly at the top j m u is you know, they're battling, but they're not that good anymore. So they need to find ways to... They're probably get, still going to win
2: the CAA, but they're not going to go in they're the They're not the dominant fashion. Yeah. Right.
0: They're not the dominant fashion. Um So, you know, th- this is a team that is needing to get fans in the building. We're trying to build a new arena. Well, you need money for that, and you need people in seats. And, uh, you know, I haven't looked at any numbers. JMU doesn't really release those all that often. Uh, it
2: had to be good the girls game was the highest attendance they've had all year so uh, i don't think that's
0: somewhere. saying anything though is what i'm saying i, I don't think they've a had a lot crowd. of people in the stadiums crowd. yeah i'm not i'm not debating that but i'm saying i don't think they've had a lot of people at basketball games this year period so i you know i think that's a good way and they should do more of that and not it did less help of like
2: it. when they had uva come play at jmu and and uh other big. Well, yeah. I mean, those are sold women. out games when big they used to play big, big teams.
0: Yeah. When they used to play VCU every year and yeah, uh George Mason was good and they played them every year. You know, those were big sellout games on the boys end. The girls when they played Delaware, those were packed houses. Uh, You know, they played Duke there one year. I don't know how they convinced Duke to come there, but what a steal that was. And women's basketball,
2: they'll do that. They'll go play play pool. They, I think uh, in the women's for the scheduling, they want to grow the game. Like they want to do what's best for the game to a point. And they probably get a decent payout from it. Cause it, I mean, a decent compared to it's not sure. the same numbers the men get. And that's not really the greatest thing to have happen, but they probably get somewhat of a payout and they're helping grow the game. And they're probably getting in front of fans that they know that they have in those cities. Like Yukon will go play on the road against decent teams. And even, not as decent teams because, I mean, they're the biggest star in the game.
0: Right. Yeah, Good for them. Anyway, good it's a long way, long-winded way of saying, good job on JMU to do that deal. They should do more of it.
2: Well, what I know that you need to know, and I have kind of a double here. Yeah. Uh, what I know that you need to know is there was a tweet that went out Saturday morning, and uh everybody just bought on to it. People were retweeting it like crazy, that WVU was going to be late for for the Tennessee game because they got onto a plane that took them to Arizona and people ran with it. And I don't know, I guess you'd think some of these journalists that, that retweeted it would maybe look on who's tweeting it. I mean, it was a joke. It was, they were trying to make fun of West Virginia and I do plenty of that. So I'm not going to tiptoe around that, but that was, I mean, how crazily stupid is that? Like, wouldn't you just pause a second and look into like, does this have any, truth because obviously it wasn't they they were there on time they got in there friday night they were sitting in tennessee in knoxville when that tweet went out uh there was tweets that showed them getting off the airplane the night before so i don't know just take a second and look into it they did get beat down by tennessee number one team in the nation but
0: maybe they should have gone to arizona
2: (laughs) maybe yeah maybe they should have avoided knoxville but the second thing that joe needs to know that he doesn't know uh and this is from uh you know our listener Jeff, he said that Grant Painter for Riverheads is uh, above 920 some points uh, uh, for his career, so he's approaching the 1,000 point mark. I believe he's still only a junior, so mm-hmm. he's going to probably pass that 1,000 point mark here in the postseason, or yeah. or maybe right before the season ends. So uh, that's a that's a homer story there. Riverhead's a good basketball player, but yeah, Grant Painter is going to um, you know get past that 1,000 point mark. So congrats. Congratulations to him, and and now you know, Joe.
0: Yeah, Jeff for Jeff
2: Wright with the Jeff Wright came in the stands to tell me that you needed to know this. Oh. And I, I want to say this to Jeff. I, <laughs> I asked, hey, are you going to listen to our podcast this week? Because we we tore UVA apart last week. And he's like, no, I listen every week. So we appreciate Jeff and any other you guys that are UVA fans that put up with our trash talk. Um, yeah, we got I would have one. to think the only reason he's coming back is because we probably have a little bit of truth to what we were saying there, but we appreciate him just – the
0: same. Yeah, well and I, you know, I've picked up another one and I'll mention what his reaction to our Tony Bennett uh he messaged me so like you get messages privately and not on the links that you would like <laughs> I am now getting messages from people that I'm familiar with and I directed him to our new our podcast which is new for him. Um and he's his reaction was, you know, Seth Davis is not the UVA fan base and he felt me personally was attacking the uva fan base for something they didn't say but i do think that a lot of uva Who fans do feel that way it's the mike guy that was commenting on the 40 sports stuff that you replied to
2: oh okay yeah yeah well that's great uh, we love the interaction feel free to do that publicly everybody i mean as long as i mean even if you want to rip us apart or say that we're doing something wrong do it publicly let other people jump on the wagon with you joe is wrong so often and i don't nail him on everything i yeah need help Nail in when Joe's wrong, so not wrong on that. Do it publicly. to do it publicly.
0: Not wrong on that Super Bowl. Not wrong about Justin Fuente. <sighs> All
2: right, what do you know that I need to know?
0: Uh, George Mason is getting food delivery robots on campus. They're the first campus on Virgin in Virginia to do it. Um, and look, I have a lot of problems with this. Um, what first and foremost. Brings me back to Jurassic Park and Jeff Goldblum's great line. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could. They didn't stop to think if they should. One, this makes us even more lazy as a society. And two, we, we have a problem now with people under the poverty line. Do we really need to be eliminating jobs people can do? Do we need that? Is that something we should be doing? It's the same reason when I go to a grocery store, I don't use the self-checkout line. I go through the cash register lines with the people because I feel bad for them. Give those kids a job. I don't go to the McDonald's and punch it in the little computer screen. I go to the cash register or I go through the drive-thru where I know people are because let them have that job. I hate all these like, oh, just do it on this computer. Have as little human interaction as possible. No, because that's people's jobs. And I know that some people don't look at these as, you know, ideal jobs. But for some people, these are their careers and their livelihoods. And this is how they put food on the table for their families. Why are we trying to ax these jobs? Why do we need to get rid of the pizza man and have pizza robot? I don't need pizza robot. Why do I need Amazon flying drone and get rid of UPS and mailman? That's ridiculous. Let these people do their job and stop. Look, invent things that we need. That's not something we need.
2: I will say the arguments that would come up against it, though I think you break the better points, is a robot doesn't call in sick. A robot doesn't ask for a raise. You can do normal maintenance with a robot, and you maintain its ability. And there's a lot of certainty that goes into those things. Do I agree with those points? No. I think we need to have... I think we need to go stand up and get our food. I don't think we need the gaff again comedy where it's like deliver me the food, I'll be in the bathtub. Will you feed it to me? Like we don't need to we need to get off our butts and go go eat. I'm not saying everybody has to be a farmer and raise their own animals, but like to go to the store and get your food is a reasonable thing.
0: Well the people that say they want robots and they're the owners of the companies because they don't ask for a raise. Okay, you're gonna be on board for giving people a living wage from the government then because that's where we're gonna we're gonna hit a threshold where we're not gonna have enough jobs eventually for people because we've used automation to replace all these jobs. We're replacing factory workers with automation and robots. We're replacing delivery people now. We're replacing grocery workers. We're replacing fast food workers. It's going to hit a critical mass. We've already got robots cleaning up garbage. It's going to hit a critical mass where you don't have enough jobs for people, and you're going to have either, A, a lot of poor people who can't afford to live, Or B, you're going to have to start putting in to a living wage. And then at what point do you just say, all right, well, um, I don't know what we're doing here. Maybe we don't need all these robots. Maybe it's okay to part with a little money to pay people.
2: You ever seen WALL-E?
0: Yeah, it's a horror show that's going to be real life. We are going to totally invent our way out of existence. We are going to be our own downfall. There you go. There's your positive Joe message of the day. The human race will be its own downfall with inventions of robots. The Terminator is a documentary, <laughs> not a, a f- feature fiction film.
2: All right. Sadly, I have two more questions for you, and I have my own answers. And I would hope they would be positive, but I'm pretty no, sure they're just they're probably going to be, gonna be worse overtly negative. negative. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. How do you Super Bowl? How do you do Super Bowl Sunday?
0: Oh. I want to hear
2: your answer so I can follow up with something positive
0: how do i super bowl <laughs> sunday i sit down and watch the game like any other week
2: just flip the tv on at 6 30 good yeah, to go
0: it's on i don't watch seven hours of pre-warm up a hot
2: pocket and have at
0: it no, i don't eat a hot pocket you know <laughs> i'll red Baron pizza it or cook some wings <laughs> or pick them up or something i don't like ordering food
2: around what i eat i just put the cardboard get it off the cardboard then put it in the oven
0: yeah. Um, I don't. I, I used to be the guy who would order pizza on Super Bowl Sunday, and it's a nightmare, and I hate doing it. Oh, yeah. So I've just grown out of that, and now it is. It's much easier to put the Red Baron in the oven, cook it, and then eat it. What's uh, your
2: favorite Super Bowl food? Is it the Red Baron, or do you would you prefer something look, it's, better?
0: It's pizza and wings, I guess, but it's hard to, you know. I don't have a deep and fryer, you- so it's hard to do the wings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll publicly invite you over to my Super Bowl party this year. I'll I'll say that right now. But let's move over to my what I do for my Super Bowl Sunday.
0: Yeah, what do I, you do? You have a giant I always, spread.
2: I always I make a bigger deal out of Super Bowl than you do. I, I it's a different day for me. uh In college, we really had fun time with it. A couple of years while we were in there, um don't have to specify how many years I was in college. Uh, uh, we had our group of, friend, group of friends, we had to bring over a dish. Like it was call your mom or dad and get a recipe, make it, bring the dish. And it was awesome. We'd have like everybody's favorite dish from their parents, you know, close enough that they could make it uh, and bring it over. And it was just a big eating fest. It was great. Um, we have people over. It was awesome. Uh, the one guy, we had a roommate that ended up like he's a guy I haven't talked to since the day he left my apartment. He We all had the homemade dishes or you know the stuff we made he went out to Little Caesars and brought in Little Caesars and we basically just like shamed him that he could only eat the Little Caesars he couldn't eat the rest of our food and uh he did not participate um so that was fun but recently my big run has been uh we watch a movie starting around three o'clock and it's usually like whatever the big blockbuster from the summer before was this year was gonna be the Jurassic Park we've done Dunkirk we've done uh Zero Dark Thirty we've done the other Jurassic park uh lost our drastic world um mm-hmm. we've done a lot of good films and then that rolls right into the six thirty kickoff and it's great and we have plenty of good food my aunt makes my favorite dumplings my dad makes a good bot- bowl of chili i love it i love super bowl sunday it's just like a day of entertainment and that i always enjoy this year's gonna be a little modified because we have a uh, the black team gets after it sunday afternoon and we're gonna miss we're not gonna be able to have a movie in the afternoon but we're still gonna watch the game at my parents' house with a lot of family. Uh, Ron, Ron usually comes over, a lot That's of other great. family, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I watch it with friends. I don't sit and watch the game alone on my couch, but it's with just. the lights off. Yeah, with the lights <laughs> off, you know, a, wrapped up in a blanket and, you know, a sweatshirt. But, I mean, I watch it with other people, but it's just, yeah, I, I'm not super into the food. Uh, it's just another game.
2: Well, we I think we've all seen the picture on Twitter of our uh, podcast. I think I think it looks like I'm the one that, like, so
0: now last week you hinted that you don't think the day after the super bowl should be a national holiday and you maybe think it should be played on a saturday
2: i i think it'd be a lot easier for people if it was played on a saturday because you complained about the time that they show these games and the game ends at like 10 something that's hard on families to either watch the whole game or if it was just on a on saturday they could just keep them up but at the same time monday shouldn't be a national holiday the day after a uh, an event shouldn't be a national holiday. Like name, I, I guess New Year's Day is after New Year's Eve, but
0: mm-hmm. that's still
2: the New Year's Day. But like, I, I don't think a sporting event should signify a national holiday.
0: I think it should. I think Election Day should be a national holiday, and I think the day after that, the Super that's Bowl not a should be. Event, yeah, but I, man, I'm that's, saying I think, I think those are two national, national holidays. Holiday. Those are two national holidays. I would add Election Day and the day after the Super Bowl, because you can't move the Super Bowl to Saturday because the league plays on Sundays. It's a Sunday game, so you play the championship on Sunday. I can't believe a Riverhead guy wants to change a big game's date
2: in February. Yeah, I don't have a problem with a game being played in February being on a different day. Yeah, you got. They it the play. Same they day. play half their playoff
0: games in the first two rounds on a Saturday. Yeah, I wouldn't do that either. So, but
2: um, and down the stretch of the season, they play on Saturday.
0: Yeah, it's stupid. Especially the regular season ones are stupid. They,
2: so they they already do this just dismiss it, it's stupid, and they shouldn't do it for stupid, the yeah. game that mm-hmm. would be... would be. Instead of asking them
0: Maybe we don't have an hour-long halftime.
2: Maybe just adjust your game and make it easy on the fans.
0: Maybe we don't have an hour-long halftime. Maybe we don't need five performers at halftime. Maybe we only need one. And they do two songs and they're done. And they leave. And we're done. Maybe we don't need a whole well, to-do.
2: How many millions of people watch the Super Bowl more than any other game? Like, 50... M- more people watch it. A uh, percentage of those people, a high percentage of those people, really do care about what happens at halftime and really do care about those commercials that come on every
0: break. I'm not saying get I mean, rid of the commercials. I'm just saying. It, it's, it's a
2: show within a show. They have the halftime show within the football game. They have the commercials every single break that is a show within a show. I mean, they are getting entertainment one way or the other. If they could get the Puppy Bowl on the same network that shows the Super Bowl and fit it into that game somehow, they do it because they want to get as many people to tune in during those four or five hours that they can. And they do a good they've done a great job of doing it so far.
0: Mark Cuban said it best. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. So keep that corporate greed machine going. We'll see what happens eventually. Yeah,
2: sh- I yeah, I'm not a big Mark Cuban quoter when that's fine. I'm not gonna get into that. It, it's just okay. Okay. That's why And then maybe that's why they don't show the puppy ball on CBS this year, because that would be a hog, but man, they've been running really high for a long time just to dismiss them that they're hurting themselves. I mean, it's, it's been growing and growing and growing on Super Bowl Sunday,
0: critical mass. All right. Are we done? Is that it?
2: Let's get out of here. Uh,
0: So follow us on Twitter at yak sports pod, like us on Facebook, yak sports podcast. We're also on Instagram, Gmail, you can reach us there, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Remember, we're on Podbean. Follow us on there. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, any place you get your podcast. you can find us. So please give us a follow so you don't miss any episodes. Yeah, what you got?
2: Whoever tweets us the total points scored for both teams together and the winner, so you a winning team and then total points for the game, combined closest to that gets to be a guest on our podcast coming up.
0: Okay. Well, I'm (laughs) going to laugh. I shouldn't say this, but I will kind of laugh. If nobody, if nobody, (laughs) if nobody comments, (laughs) Uh, we didn't officially make predictions. It's going to be the Patriots and they're going to cover the two and a half.
2: I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Rams by one. so they'll so patriots still cover rams
0: patriots don't No, patriots will cover because
2: patriots favored now rams by one rams by one point okay the new england kicker misses Mm.
0: and then you wake up um and you see him kick the field goal and the patriots win Until next be week, coma, so it'll be good. Yeah, next week, we'll talk about how right I was about the Super Bowl and how it feels to be right all the time. And that being the curse I bear uh, until then, uh, we'll be talking about Virginia Tech basketball and UVA basketball, I'm sure as well. And we'll have more high school hoops as they start to get toward the playoffs because uh, this what next week is the end of the regular season with high school hoops. So until then, we thank you for listening and have a good night.